Thank you for joining us here at C3 Edinburgh. We are all about authentic community, unlocked creativity, and the naturally supernatural life in Jesus' name. We are praying that this message will bless you and meet you right where you're at today. For more information about C3 Edinburgh, check us out online at www.c3edinburgh.com. Good morning, everybody. I'm so excited this morning. We're actually starting a new series. Yes. Come on. And isn't God doing amazing things in this city? That feels like something token. But you have to believe it. You have to really let that seed be sown. I want to see this city change for Christ. Influenced by the gospel, right? That's what we're here for. People who've never met Jesus or people who've known him and maybe fallen away. Oh, I just became a robot. I'm just going to move back a tiny bit. I think that might have to do with it. Awesome. We'll just keep powering through. Our new series is called Running With Others. And it's really about... We're going to spend all of March, so that's five Sundays in March. Does that mean five weeks until we get paid again? Because that's... I hate five-week months, won't lie. (laughs) Got like 20 pounds for the last 10 days. (laughs) But God is good. (laughs) And so is Aldi, so there we go. Um, We are going to be speaking a lot about just doing life with other people. So a whole spectrum of different interpersonal relationship stuff. Nathan's going to speak next week about romantic relationships. (laughs) And we've got some amazing stuff, some really pulling apart this uh, doing life, running with others, going crazy, you know, um, on the journey, but not going alone. So it's, it's actually going to be completely powerful And uh, the message series is really coming out of the first half of Exodus. So if you are looking for new inspiration for something to read through the month of March, let me encourage you, journey with us, take a notebook uh, and absorb some scripture because I think you'll find it um, brings something fresh. So really excited about that. So, And we're also speaking as well about... um, I think we're going to touch on some issues of cultural change. And so as we look at interpersonal stuff, understanding the journey that the Israelites went through as they came out of Egypt and then had to wrestle with some stuff. So there's there's going to be some really, really good stuff coming out of it. So um, don't miss a week because you might miss something that could change your life. Awesome. Um, What I'm speaking about today, well, first I'll do this funny anecdote. You know, I have three children. Being a parent is pretty awesome, sometimes stressful, but mostly awesome. And Samara, my eldest daughter, when only she was alive, no, and Toby, when I had two kids alive at the time, that's how I do my life, the seasons of my life, of who was alive at the time. Uh, (laughs) It's good. It's good. Um, We had... Well, she was in year one, which is P2, which is your second year of primary school. And it was in the first um, few weeks of school 
she was in the playground one day. She's such a sweet girl. She's, uh, you should get to know her. She's actually such an adorable person. It's a beautiful human being. She was in the playground of a school we had. This is in Australia. We had about 450 students in the school, so like a medium, medium-sized school. And um, she saw some kids, I can't remember their gender, but she saw some kids teasing one of the new students who would have been maybe four or five years old, just a little kindergarten child. And uh, she, she, this justice thing stirred up inside of her. Uh, a be- she would have only been six herself, right? So just a small person. And she said, hey, stop teasing that kid. She's only been at school for six weeks. <laughs> that was it. That was what she said. She went to fight for this new kid who'd only been at school for six weeks. And, you know, honestly, the proud vibes are all over, you know, so, so, so proud of her. And I think, well, this is what I know. It doesn't matter how old you are. God is depositing character and seeds for your future inside of you, even inside of a six-year-old child. This is foreshadowing for sure of a seed of justice that will come out and play out in her life. So wait and see in that space. Prophesy over your friends. Prophesy over your children of what God is going to do through them and what he has planted into them. And uh, only a few short weeks later, I had my own chance to stand up for her. So I came to pick her up from school one day and there was a kind of like a courtyard thing. It's probably about as big as this room. Uh, in the middle of the school, there was a newly seeded grass area, which in Australia can be hard to grow grass because often there's no water. So you just, it's dry and it's kind of a big deal and everyone's, people replant their lawn every, it's like Princess Street Gardens, like you're always replanting this patch of grass. And uh, so as a um, universal don't go on there, stage of, um, you know, while the, in the 12-week period, while the grass is taking root, don't walk on it. And I came to pick Samara up from school one day, and someone, I don't know who, so just someone, had thrown her Barbie doll into the middle of the grass. Unbelievable. How do they? It was very cheeky. So I didn't have really anyone to stand up for, but I thought... I've got to deal with this situation. So uh, this quite... Well, first I waited for a bit because I knew that I would have to retrieve it and I didn't have any hooks or... It was, it was kind of like from here to the back of the congregation. So it was like I had to... I knew I had to get it, but it's, it was going to come at a cost. And I knew I was going to have to break some rules. So go against the grain to save this Barbie doll... Who I think it was might have yeah been a naked Barbie doll, so that's just a that's an irrelevant piece of information. <laughs> now that I say it, I realise that added nothing to the story. So I did. I waited until everyone had gone, and this is my moment of glory. I stood out onto the no-go zone, and I sank about a foot because the soil would. They'd put a lot of effort into it, and I walked, tried to tiptoe, but. I weigh how much I weigh, so it doesn't matter whether you're flat-footed or tiptoeing, I'm going to sink the soil, and sink the soil I did. And uh, then I quickly, some steps coming that way, some steps exiting the situation, I got the barbie, 
hope no one saw me. I was imagining, bring, bring. Excuse me, Mrs. Oliver. Was that you on our CCTV? <laughs> but there, no one called me, but there was a constant reminder because forever thereafter, there were footprints <laughs> on the grass. Forever. It was always perfectly flat and then this evidence. But it's evidence of a good deed, so... I think it's not nearly as heroic as Samara's one, but, you know, I try. God's planted seeds inside of me of grass. <laughs> oh, no. I just say that because today I really, as I was reading through um, Exodus, I really felt to speak on the relationship between Moses and Pharaoh, which uh, I, could, I think could be characterised as a, you know, one of a power imbalance, one of an oppressor and you know, uh, oppressed, you know, on behalf of an oppressed people, or one of a, almost like a bully, you know, Pharaoh the bully. And I was just thought, you know, in our lives, I think it's infrequent that we have uh, many relationships that are equally paired in terms of, you know, the power dynamic. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean You've got your mum and you've got, you know, and, and you've got a friend and sometimes they're going through something and you'll kind of lead them and, and help them and sometimes you're going through something and they'll take a more leadership role or, you know, in a, in a romantic relationship you might have seasons where, you know, you, you wrestle with how to be different people in that relationship and navigate, navigate that. Uh, in a situation of an employment, you've got a, you know, often you'll have a boss or you might be a boss and uh, you've got people working underneath you or you're working to someone and sometimes those relationships can go a little bit funny. They can go a little bit awkward. You can sometimes feel like, you know, you're being taken advantage of or uh, the other person might not have your best interests at heart. Or if you are in a position of power, you might be trying to pursue something, you know, and, and need to rethink about how that is received by your people. And uh, I guess why I say that is because maybe that's something you're facing now or maybe it's something you're facing in the future. But I think we can pull out some very helpful tools to deal with power imbalance and to deal with a bully. So whether this is something you need right now or you will need in the future, I'm convinced that every life in this room God has ordained an assignment for you. It's bespoke for you. And Moses had a bespoke assignment. And just like there were people and forces trying to derail him from his assignment, sometimes we can encounter people or forces or an oppression that is trying to derail you from your assignment. So I'm speaking to you today. Maybe it's your studies. What is your assignment from God? Let's start there. Maybe it's your relationship, your health, your children, your business, your work. I'm speaking to you today for a powerful connection between God and you. Pharaoh, I think of the word bully, and I've got, it's, uh, I actually have a picture in my mind of a kid with shorts worn year-round and, like, sneakers and grubby knees, and a dirty polo shirt, and a messy hairdo. That's my image of a bully. That's a, but then I think about scripture, 
because the Bible. <laughs> this is bad. Don't really listen to that. And I think about Pharaoh, who I believe wore makeup and a skirt. So bullies come in all different shapes and sizes. <laughs> yeah, write that down. Let, let's pick apart Pharaoh. What I find really interesting is Pharaoh grew up in a, I think it was engendered in culture. Oppression was engendered in culture. 400 years of in, in slavery. The Israelite people were in slavery for 400 years. And I say that because I know that when Moses was born, he lived under an oppressor who, and his life was threatened. People were, children were being killed at the time. So, you know, his small life was put into a basket and, and miraculously saved. But when he actually went to deal with Pharaoh, it was a different Pharaoh. So it tells me there's something cultural about uh, an oppressor being hungry, hungry for power, hungry for, you know, he built an empire on slavery. And it passed through generations. And I think we can look out in our culture, whether this is our first culture or this is a, and we're being adopted into a different culture, but there are issues, there are bullies in the culture that we live in. And sometimes we can think it's an individual person when actually it's, it's ingrained in the culture that we live in. And just because it's normal doesn't mean that it's right. And just because we can manage it doesn't mean we shouldn't fight against it if it's actually not God's way. So Moses, Moses, as I said with Samara, Moses had the sea, the, sorry, the, or a seed, there was a seed in the story too, but there was a seed of the man that Moses was to become in his life before the Lord spoke to him at the burning bush because he knew there was an injustice in him that was stirred up. And you may know the story. He actually killed an Egyptian man who he saw being cruel to one of his people. That tells me there was something in there. So maybe you're waiting on a word from God, but let me tell you, explore what is already in there because the Spirit of God already lives in you. He's already trying to speak to you. He's unpackaging your assignment. Maybe you don't have the full picture yet, but develop the character traits that God has uniquely placed within you. I think Moses had two bullies to actually face. First is Pharaoh, the man in power, and the second were his own insecurities. So we'll deal with both of those. Let me read out of scripture. I want to have a little look at how I can see from uh, Exodus 4, 5, and 6 especially, how Pharaoh demonstrated his, this imbalance of power. So in Exodus 5, 4, um, what does it say? But the king of Egypt said, Moses and Aaron, why are you taking the people away from their labour? Get back to your work. So Moses went into the courts of Pharaoh and he petitioned him on hearing from God. He petitioned the Pharaoh, let me take the people away to worship for three days, three nights. Let me take them away to worship. And the first thing Pharaoh does is he, he doesn't acknowledge God 
And we live in a culture now that largely doesn't acknowledge the God. So I think when we are sharing the gospel with people, when we are talking about what God wants from people, immediately, if, we don't, if they don't understand, we're not on the same page of like, look at the authority of our scripture, immediately they devalue the authority of God. But that, just because someone else does, doesn't mean that his glory is diminished. He, he still has the power, he still has the authority. The second thing from verse 5, 7 to 8, uh, which will come up. You are no longer, this is, so Pharaoh rejected Moses and then there was actually a period of retribution for Moses. So he said to, the Pharaoh said to his people, you are no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw. And the next verse. But require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. They are lazy, and this is why they are crying out, let us go and sacrifice. So let me say this. When you fight a bully, whatever form it takes, there's, there can be retribution, and this is the situation with Moses. He had spent so long, and I'm going to come to this later, dealing with his own insecurity, and then he went in, he took the, the first step, right? The first step. You know what the first step looks like? It looks like a first date, it looks like, you know, the first comment or the first, oh, that feels weird, you know, the first standing up to something. Moses did this and it was just, it fell apart. It completely fell apart. And not only that, there's retribution, not for him, but actually for his people. So, Mo, so the Pharaoh said, go and work them harder. Require the same of them, but work them harder. So he attacked his support base. There was a retribution, he attacked his support base. And in that moment, Moses' support base crumbled, so he became quite alone. With the Pharaoh, there was, that's fine. With the Pharaoh, there was shifting boundaries. All through the process of the plagues and everything, there was these shifting negotiations of, yes, go, wait, no, don't go. You know, okay, I feel like, yes, this is terrible. Take them out, and then the plague eases and the Pharaoh changes his heart and says, actually, no, I've changed my mind. Agreeing to some things and then not others or putting conditions on um, what is being asked. He double-backed on his word. He denied the power of God. You know, the, in this situation, and this happens today, actually, when we see a move of God. In fact, I watched a meme this week. I don't, you know, I was just, I thought it was funny, so of uh, a man who had been, well, he was in a coffin and someone prayed over him and he sat up. And uh, I don't, like, I don't know, I can't verify, it's not, it was on Instagram, so I don't, but, and then there was all these um, funny memes that followed of, like, people in really unusual situations, someone they're sitting up. And I thought, um, this is the same tactic to, which tries to diminish the authority of God. Uh, Moses had these, you know, he had the, the staff that he threw onto the ground and it became a snake. He had his hand, which he put in his coat, took it out, was leprous, and put it back in. It was clean again. And uh, all through the, the sea turning to blood, all the water turning to blood, Pharaoh's magicians were able to replicate. But it was, it was, a, it was fabricated. It wasn't the authority of God at work. It was some sneaky trick. And... Uh, 
people will try and diminish the authority of God, but he is still God. I guess when I think about the whole bullying thing, and like I said, it might not be something that is right now for you, but I, I don't, I think there is a fight in each of us. I looked into a secular space, into the Advisory Conciliation Arbitration Service, which, well, that sounds fancy. It characterises bullying as offensive, intimidating, malicious or insulting behaviour, or abuse or misuse of power through means that undermine, humiliate, denigrate or injure the recipient. So... <laughs> it's a microphone thing. Should we do that now? Sorry. Is that okay? Thanks, guys. We had... Nathan had a really unusual experience in Canberra. Lots of them. Where we come from. Um, as many of you know, Nathan is a nurse by training and uh, worked in a local hospital in all different places. And uh, he was interested in doing clinical education. So... He took opportunities, and sometimes when you're pursuing like a new venture, sometimes it's uncomfortable. So he took night shifts for a while, you know, just to, to get an opportunity, to seize an opportunity, and uh, then it worked out. He, he had a really wonderful career working with new graduate nurses and got quite passionate about that and working to support the transition from university into the workforce, so that was fantastic. And he kind of climbed the ladder a little bit, you know, and I uh, got this uh, manager sort of role, and it was going really well, actually, making, I think, some significant impact in the organisation. So I'm not sure, maybe a, a few thousand staff in the hospital, and he worked mostly with nurses, um, ran kind of training days and things like that. It was quite, quite an enjoyable job, and, and he was, well, he was actually really good at it, um, because he's good at heaps of stuff. And... Uh, then there was a change of manager, um, and you know when, I don't know, the manager relationship is so important, your boss or your lecturer or whoever it might be, it's actually a really important relationship, and if it's not right, it can really damage your experience of your workplace. And um, Nathan had this situation where s slowly his, you know, his manager sought to um, kind of undermine him a little bit, and did that through comments and criticisms, like a hypercritical of his work, and then uh, restricting opportunities. And then it came to a moment where she said, uh, actually, this isn't at this grade. I'm going to downgrade you to this level. Uh, and, you know, and you, as a, an employee, there wasn't really the right of appeal. It was sort of just someone's decision, so can't really do anything about it. And... Um, 
And then also the, the work went from uh, 0.8 of a job, as Nathan worked one day at church and four days in the hospital, to actually this can only be a three-day-a-week job. So it's, you know, like this really shifting sands and it made it really, really difficult. And um, Nathan would try, well, you know, I've got, he's okay with me talking about it, but he would try to sort of resolve it of let's have a meeting and let's talk and would leave the meetings incredibly heavily burdened and th- just very like, what am I doing wrong? You know, what, what's, what's going on here? And there's an occasion where they actually took a gift in for the manager some chocolates and said, look, you know, I know we've kind of, things haven't been really good, but I just want to invest in and try and make this relationship good. And then, you know, came back later and the chocolates were in the bin. So just like really kind of unusual and a bit cruel, I think, behaviour. And it circled around and got more and more intense and all this um, unhealthy behaviour became more normal and more normal and... (laughs) It just, but it was like a lot of self-doubting in that environment and ended up, uh, he wasn't wanted, so that's one thing, and it ended up that actually he had to leave, he actually left the organisation. So when you've been somewhere for 10 years and you make the decision, I just cannot function under these conditions, it's like, it's a big deal, it's like, it's a breaking of something, it's... It's, it's severing a partnership that you've made with a group of people. And it was very painful, and it didn't come out of a position of strength. It was very, I mean, how can you not be continually criticised over a period of many months and have your salary impacted and your hours impacted and we've got, ch- we've got three children and you're trying to provide for your children. And it was, it was such an awful situation that actually ended up with Nathan leaving the organisation But God, you know, but God. But actually, God allowed it to be part of a greater plan. Here's my practical tips. This is my short answer. God is for you. God is for you. God is for you no matter what you are facing today. Here's some... So I would say, when I look at the scriptures of what Moses did under persecution under oppression, in this situation of this power imbalance. This is what he did. When he was persecuted, he cried out to God. When it all went terribly wrong, he went back to God. He went back to God. He kept in communion with God. When he didn't have the power in the relationship or the negotiation, he was bold and he was persistent. He did what was right no matter what. The scriptures say in Ephesians 6, we're not fighting against flesh and blood, enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. When people say one thing and do another, I would say be clear on what you want. Moses had such a clear message. And I think when we go to deal with, this is a, very practical thing, when we go to someone to say, I've got an issue, be really clear as much as you can on what it is that you want to change. Because it's natural to be drawn into a lot of emotion and this is really hurting and it's very complicated and I'm a girl so I've got to give you like 10 minutes of context. But Moses was very clear. He had a clear message to Pharaoh about what he wanted to change. When people limit your access, 
Ask God to open doors. When people deny the power of God, let God be God. He does not need us to show that he is God. He can do that all on his own. Let me say, when you, if you have ever been or when you are in a position where your support base crumbles, and I'm sure we've all been there, when suddenly our friends are nowhere to be seen, our families might not agree with what we're doing, and we feel that we are in a position where we are quite alone. Let me encourage you to stay true to your calling. Stay true to your assignment. Pray for your people. Pray for your people. Protect your people. Don't match them. Love. Don't match them in their hostility, in their abandonment, but love them. Extend that love to them. In 6.9 of Exodus, let's read this. In Exodus 6.9, Moses reported this to the Israelites. He reported what God had said. God is saying, I want to bring a change. God is saying, I want to bring you out of Egypt. And he reported it to the Israelites, but they didn't listen to him because of their discouragement and harsh labour. My version here says, because of their broken spirit and their cruel bondage. Let me remind, sometimes our people fall away from us when we are in conflict, when we are under pressure, because they have their own broken spirit and they have their own cruel bondage because they have their own harsh conditions. And yet God can extend that mercy. Jesus even had moments where he was completely alone. He had like the best followers ever. And yet they kept going to sleep at times when they should have been praying. They were too busy listening to chickens when they should have been, you know, you know, denying him when they could have been protecting him. Sometimes people go through their own things and it's okay. Pray for them, protect them, keep extending that love to them. Go on this joint assignment together. In the Lord's presence, Moses spent a lot of time in this season in the Lord's presence. He was persistent. He kept turning up. He just kept going back to God. He just kept going back to God. Like, God, okay, I love this. Look at the ways that Moses goes. Oh, you know, before he could see the liberation of people from Egypt, he had to deal with his own insecurities. You know, we often talk about we have battles in private that allow us to work in public. We have battles in private. We have wrestling with God in private that enable us to have power in public. Moses had exactly this. He dealt with Pharaoh, but you know what? Before he dealt with Pharaoh, he dealt with his own insecurities as well. He said, God said to him so clearly about his plans, I'm going to deliver the people, but Pharaoh's going to have a hard heart. He's not going to let you go, and I'm going to show you my glory. Like God was so specific on how it would all work out. God said, I'll be with you. This will be a sign that I'll be with you. And Moses said back, what if I go to the people of God and, uh, and say, you know, the God of your father sent me, 
and they ask me who you are, he said, well, tell them I am who I am or I, am, I will be who I'll be sent you. So, well, well they probably won't listen to me. And they'll, they'll doubt that you've actually spoken to me. So, you know, who are you to hear from God kind of thing? What's in your hand? The staff showed him the miracle. Well, another, you know, insecurity rear its head. Well, I don't have, I'm not really, I'm not a words person. I'm not a public speaking kind of person. I never have been. I'm not, I've got a stutter. I'm not, I'm not good with my words. I have a slow mouth and a heavy tongue is the words he used. God says to him, I made your mouth. See how God knows. You know, God speaks into our insecurities. He doesn't just leave them dormant. God speaks into our insecurities. I made your mouth. I made you for this. I made you for this. I see more in you. Isn't that a crazy thought? God believes in you more than you believe in yourself. Please send someone else. Okay, I'll send Aaron. You and Aaron go together. Go together. And, and then, yeah, it falls, but he keeps on going back to God because actually where do we get our strength from? My strength comes from time with the Lord. You know, the scriptures say that David strengthened himself in the Lord. How, where, how do I become a more strong person? It's in the presence of the Lord. It's in the presence of the Lord. I have so many excuses. I have so many excuses about all of my many failings, all of my insecurities. And I think, I look at Moses and I don't see him having a secure identity. I see him as a boy that was fled death, was rescued, brought up in a household that wasn't his, always living on the outsider, spending four years with his mother then by miracle, thank you God, and then growing up in the courts of the Pharaoh, knowing that he didn't belong, having this horrific killing of this man, fleeing, just abandoning his past, abandoning his status, abandoning everything about his life. I don't see him as a man who is, has a secure identity. And I see him as a man who had trauma and sin and failure and not a stable, loving home environment. And we can be caught up thinking that God requires us to have perfect conditions and a perfect experience to be given an assignment to do something fantastic for him. But I don't see it in the scripture. I don't see God pulling Moses out and saying, you've done all the work yourself. Come on. You're the guy for the job. I see Moses going, I can't talk. Look at me. I've got a speech thing. I don't know what to say. I don't even know who you are. Why? They won't even, they'll, they'll doubt, they'll even doubt that I've even met you. They won't believe me. I'm not sure that my words are credible. Plus, I've been gone for 40 years. Who am I? Who am I to do this? I'm a, you know, a coward. I'm, he, how did he get there? It's in the presence of God. That's where your strength comes from. That's where your strength comes from. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is a New Testament scripture which talks about what Moses did change 
his view of self. This is a scripture about what Moses did to influence the culture around him, what Moses did to open doors to authority, to see change. And we believe that, right? We believe that this normal that we see is not kingdom normal. Therefore, we won't stop fighting it for the name of Jesus until we see something shift. This is how Moses did it, to break through the bully of his own insecurity and the bully of an oppressive regime. Do not be conformed to this world. It's not normal. If it's not kingdom normal, then it's not normal. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the scripture, the word of God, the renewing of your mind, the meditation on the word. Then you'll know how to discern what is good and pleasing will of God. Let me just come back to this Nathan story as I finish this morning. It felt like an awful situation for Nathan to leave his job. It was awful, actually. And tapping on some doors, another opportunity opened up at a much lower pay, at least 20, 25% lower pay. But you know how God, it's not a token thing. God does use the situations in our life to prepare us for the future. Out of this situation, Nathan took another job. It was a year of peace, actually. And it significantly filled a hole in his CV. It was a teaching job. It was direct teaching, teaching students which is not something that was just a little gap in his CV. And when the time came for the Lord to call us to Edinburgh, you know what he needed in his CV? was actually direct teaching experience. And you think, okay, God, this is the but gods of life, right? When every door shuts and you think, well, God must not be for me, but he is, and he uses your the things that you think are going to derail to actually build your future. He is so for you in the presence of your enemies. He is so for you. 